Have you ever felt trapped in a high-paying job, chained to a life that's slowly slipping away? Day after day, the same routine, the same unfulfilling work, and the constant longing for something more? If you're nodding your head right now, feeling that weight on your shoulders, then this is the podcast you've been waiting for. Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show. I'm Brian O'Neill, and I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. I've been in that prison too, sacrificing precious moments with my family, feeling the regret and resentment build up inside. But guess what? There is a way out, and together we're going to break free. Each episode, we'll dive deep into the stories of incredible individuals who have successfully made their escape, who have turned their dreams into reality, and who now live lives filled with purpose, joy, and abundance. But we won't stop at inspiration alone. We'll equip you with the tools, strategies, and mindset shifts needed to break through the barriers that have held you back for far too long. Together, we'll ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and unleash the business genius within you. It's time to take action, to shatter the chains that bind you, and to embrace a future filled with unlimited possibilities. The W2 Prison Break Show is your key to unlock the door to a life of purpose, fulfillment, and success. I invite you to join me on this transformative journey. Subscribe now to the W2 Prison Break Show and let's embark together on the path to freedom. Remember, it's never too late to break free and live the life you've always dreamed of. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. If you have a side hustle and you're struggling to scale that side hustle into your main business so that you can replace your income and leave your W-2 job, it may be because your business choreography is off. And that's what we're going to talk about today is business choreography. What is that? I'm not going to give it all away, but I brought on a special guest today. His name is Michael Johnson, and he's going to teach us about how to choreograph your business. He was a ballroom dancer, a professional ballroom dancer for 10 years, championship level, and ended up owning multiple businesses, and he helps other business owners improve their business choreography. So let's get to the episode, and let's learn how you can take that side hustle and turn it into your main hustle so that you can leave that W-2. Let's get straight to the episode. Michael, welcome to the W-2 Prison Break Show. So happy to have you on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a great discussion. Looking forward to it. I think it's important to let the listeners know how we met. Number one, I mean, the power of social media just continues to show itself. We've met on LinkedIn. You reached out to me on LinkedIn. We made a connection Mm -hmm. and here we are. You're on my show. So things can happen that quickly. (laughs) I love it. That's the way to go. Yeah, we were talking a little bit offline, Michael. I think it's important to give the listeners some context as to, you know, you're a business owner, you have a podcast, we're going to talk all about the cool stuff you're doing now. But the whole idea of the W2 Prison Break Show is, hey, let's talk about (laughs) some jobs that you had and some insight there and ultimately how you got to where you are now, if you could, please. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been kind of a wild ride. I am a former professional ballroom dancer. I danced on the circuit for about 10 years with my wife. We were US, what's called a 10 dance champion, meaning that, or not champion, we were in that final and we were in that mix. So that just means that we did all the dances instead of just a specific set. We did that for a long time. We started having kids. And during that time, before we retired and had kids, we were basically employees at a studio 
they called us independent contractors because they were smart and they didn't want to pay for us to be on a W-2 and have to take care of our taxes. But we were basically employees and we very quickly learned that we didn't like that and that we didn't really want that to be how it was. So during that time, I tried starting a business and I did. I started a personal development business. I still have it to this day. And that's sort of like just kind of trickled along like a little side hustle all through the years. It just kind of stayed with me. Once I retired from competing, I went and got a position as a chief operating officer at a software company. That's a long story, but that was my first corporate job. Like it was like, holy cow, you know, and I'd already retired from competing and living the dream. Right. And so here I am in a corporate position and, you know, it took me a few years to figure out that, Hey, you know what? That's really not me. I'm an entrepreneur. Like, what am I doing here behind the scenes of this corporate job? Oh my gosh, what is happening to me? We had a great company, a great software before SaaS was a thing, before software as a service even was a term that anybody used. That's what we were doing. We kind of tried to live through the Google, the Google takeover of the world, right? They came around and started offering everybody free websites. And that's what our software was, was a website builder. Mm -hmm. And we just couldn't sustain it. We couldn't keep up. It's hard to keep up with Google. And little by little, unfortunately, I had the horrible, horrible experience of having to lay off everybody. <laughs> we were down to about five of us left. And I went to the owner and said, hey, you know what? you can't afford to keep me on and you've got clients you need to service. So I think you need to let me go. And that was a really rough moment, a very, very challenging personal check-in, you know, to be able to say, Hey, you got to make a decision here. And it's probably me. That's the only one left on the chopping block because everybody else that the other four that were left hmm. were necessary for the operation of what was left. And now it had to fall. My job and my responsibilities had to fall on the owner. And so that was my last day there. And I had to actually take that plunge and get back into being an entrepreneur again and running my own thing and really double down on what we were doing. Luckily, I had been building up a dance clientele again because we had moved across the country. And mm -hmm. so I moved into that and opened a competitive studio and just went head first into making that that come alive. And that was great for a lot of years. And then we started opening some other businesses and, and it sort of rolled from there. And now we're primarily business investors. So we have like seven different companies, give or take at any given time. And so we're just, you know, loving the life. And, you know, the interesting thing, the entrepreneur side of things is, you know, they say it's the best personal development course you can ever take <laughs> because yeah. the challenges, the ups and the downs, the waves that you go through, the glory and the success and the tears and the failure. It's really, there's nothing like it. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. It's not easy is what he's saying, folks, but it's very rewarding because it's your own thing, right? Um, you have to be probably the only person in the history of layoffs to lay yourself off. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard that before. So, I mean, I say that jokingly, but really good on you. That's just being a good human, right? You're doing what's best for the business. And what did the owner say when you told um, him that? Well, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, we were as big as about 150 at one point. And of course, being the operations officer, I was the one responsible for letting them go little at a time and piece at a time. And 
There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than sitting across the room from a family you respect, a gentleman or a lady that has kids and they have to pay for their bills and you have to tell them that there's nothing left for them here. And man, that's horrible. That is horrible. It, it is something I do not wish upon anybody and anybody that thinks that that person has an easy job or that they took any sort of pride in it. It is not that way. I would hope that there aren't people that, <laughs> that enjoy that, but it was not pleasant. And having gone through that, getting to the point where now the people that were left and I looked at them and I thought, gosh, it wouldn't be legitimately right for me to say, hey, we should get rid of them next because I couldn't do their jobs. They were specialty jobs. Yeah. There was nowhere else. And I knew my position was valued, but at the same time that my work and my job had to go to the owner now because they just could not afford me. They couldn't afford for me to stay there and it would only have made it worse for everybody. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable. And yeah, I agree with you that I've never had to do that at that scale. I have to lay people off, but I can't. It's not fun. It's not fun. No. Okay. So clearly you've been an entrepreneur at heart since, you know, for a long, long time. And one thing I noticed, and we'll talk about your other business, the seven different companies, but you went back into the dance business. So you started a business based on something that you know and that you're passionate about, right? Yeah. And then you started another business because we're going to talk about this in a little bit that's related to the company that you left, software, right? <laughs> so there's a theme here, folks. And I think a lot of people overthink it when it comes to like, hey, what could a business be? Like, what would be an idea for business? What should I start? I mean, I'm being facetious here, but do you have any insight as to how someone, you know, there's a bunch of people listening, they got side hustles, maybe they're looking to start a business. What advice would you lend to those people if you're in the room with them right now? If you are doing it for the money, the likelihood of it failing is astronomical. I've done it. I've tried it. And when you go that route, there's something that will never be in alignment in your soul. And I know that sounds super epic, but it's the truth. Like We've all heard it. It's almost cliche now. Do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And here's the thing that is important about that. I probably work more as an entrepreneur than I would if I had a nine to five. And I'm using the term work in quotes because the things that I do every day are things that I love to do. And so most of the time I forget that it's work. Now, if I was doing something I didn't like, or I was doing something for the money, well, at that point, you might as well just have a nine to five. Because your heart and soul isn't into it. Your love and your passion, your innovativeness and creativity in order to take it to the next level isn't going to be there. And you're working against the grain. And that is making it even harder than it's already going to be. And when I say it's hard, I mean, yes, it's hard. But most entrepreneurs that I know and most of my colleagues, they will all take the type of hard that it is overdoing something they don't like. Because doing something you don't like that's hard, that really sucks. But doing something you love that's hard, you just go, well, it's just part of it, right? I don't care for the accounting. I have people that are way better at it than me. But when I need to look at the numbers and when I need to do that, it's not my favorite portion of the job. But hey, it's better than doing the other thing. You see, I'm not passionate about roofing, but if you put me on a roof to put together a roof, I could probably figure it out. I could probably do that labor, but I'm not going to love it. And that's going to all be hard work. But somebody else that loves it, well, that's a different story. Totally. So 
love that you shared that a lot of us get into business for the wrong reasons, right? Money is important. It is. Part of it. We're not doing this stuff for free. No. But at the same time, that can't be the only reason. That can't be the reason. As you said, that's part of it, but we need to have some deep-rooted connection to what we're doing. So important. So important. And that will fuel you. It'll take you through the down portions of the wave. And it is a wave. I mean, it goes through troughs, you go through peaks. And every time you're at a peak, you think, gosh, nothing could hurt me. I'm invincible. And then when you find yourself at the other end of the trough, the other end of the wave, you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to keep going. I'm the worst human on the planet. <laughs> and you know, both of those things exist in business and you're going to need that alignment with yourself. And that's so important. And so if you just don't have an affinity for what you're doing, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. Hey there, back to the episode in just a moment. Are you a homeowner in the Chicagoland area who's struggling to sell your home or even own nothing and looking to maximize your price before the market slides? Are you tired of the traditional home selling process that takes months and costs you thousands in fees and repairs? Whether you're facing foreclosure, going through a divorce, or simply need to sell your home fast, WeBuyHousesChicago.org can help. We've been buying homes in Chicago since 2019, and we specialize in helping sellers who are stuck. Unlike traditional real estate buyers, we buy homes as is and can close in as little as seven days. No repairs, no inspections, and no fees. Just a fast, hassle-free sale. Let WeBuyHousesChicago.org help you sell your home and move on to the next phase of your life. Call or text us today at 312-500-6121. If you know someone who is struggling to sell their home or simply just wants top price, please share this message with them. As a listener of the W2 Prison Break Show, WeBuyHousesChicago.org will pay you for your referral. If you send us a referral and we buy their house, we will pay you a $1,000 referral fee. Simply have your referral mention the W2 Prison Break Show. Let's get back to the show. Really important that we're having this discussion because depending on what source you go to in the news about the number of businesses failing and why they fail, oh, yeah. this isn't the stuff that's talked about. You know, it's just the, no. and then it just unfortunately gives people this perception that, hey, starting a business is risky. Well, I would just say, hey, starting a business for the wrong reasons is risky, right? Oh, yeah. That's a great, great distinction. Yeah. Definitely. Glad glad we're talking about that. Starting it for the wrong reason is, I mean, and there's a lot of wrong reasons. That's the hard part. But I think identifying what part you love. I mean, for example, I was working with one of my partners and colleagues the other day and They were talking about like, hey, you know, I'm not really in love with the thing I'm doing in the business anymore. I understand that it's probably going to be a step back if I go and do something else. But what they had found out, and after we dug through it a little bit, Mm -hmm. is that what they loved was the business side of it. And there are some of us out here in the world that actually enjoy the business side of it. And so some people will come and say, well, Michael, you have all these different companies in different areas, and you're not passionate about those, their particular thing. And I say, but I'm passionate about business. Man, I love the game. I love the game. I love to be in it. I love looking at the contracts and the agreements. I love being able to figure out how to scale. I love being able to set somebody up, one of our partner owners, for exit because they had no clear path to that before. 
I love the game of it. I love being in it and love knowing that I'm going to affect another business owner who's going to affect tens, hundreds, thousands of other people. And in my way, I can go out and help change the world by working with one business owner that's going to work with thousands. And that to me, that's cool. That's what I love about it. And it isn't the particular subject. It is the subject of business for me. But for some people, it's like, I really love printing t-shirts. And some of us might go, yeah, no. (laughs) And I think, thank goodness, there's somebody like you that loves printing t-shirts. And you ask them and they go, wow, it's just so artistic and I feel so accomplished and I'm doing something. Somebody's going to wear that for like years. Like, that's so cool to me. And you're like, yeah, no. And I look at it and I go, but man, we could figure out how to scale that. Let's jump in. So I think it's important that you start to realize that there are pieces that you can fall in love with and you can create what you're doing. You can create your side hustle into that. You can create your whole business that you're starting into that. And that, that's really a game changer. And that will actually take you on a totally different trajectory. Totally. Number one, you just got to figure out what that is. What will light you up, folks? And then you can trust me. If t-shirt lights you up, you can make a business selling t-shirts, right? You just got to find the people who love the business part of it. If that's not your jam, it's not my jam, but I love doing deals in real estate. So, I mean, that's what we hire people for that. So uh, glad we went there. All right. So Michael, let's talk about your other side hustle that you started right after you left the CEO, (laughs) but then ultimately became your business. We got to get to your business. Tell us about it. What is it? Who are you helping? And again, there's a lot of listeners out there that might have that do have a side hustle, or maybe they're looking to start, and this might be something that they're super interested in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to start, like when I left that position in software, I had a little side hustle because that entrepreneur in me just couldn't let go. When I left and retired from dance, I thought, gosh, well, I'm moving across the country. Like, I'm not going to have any students. I can't depend on that. I can't feed my family off of having no students. So I got the corporate job. Well, along the way, people where I moved started finding out that I could do that. And they're like, hey, could we have a lesson? And next thing you know, it's like four or five people. Hey, we have a lesson. Next thing you know, I had a a clan of 30 different couples that are like, hey, can we have a lesson? So now I'm working double. I'm doing the software stuff. And on the other end, I'm like going and spending my evenings doing the other stuff. I was exhausted. I was working two jobs. And so when that happened, it was like, okay, you know what? With a little bit of effort here, I could probably just turn this into full-time and replace my income. And so that made it slightly easier to say, okay, I'm going to walk away from the other thing slightly. I still had some work to do. So we developed that, turned it into a competitive school for amateurs and even pros. And we grew that and that lived for a good number of years. And during that time, I just started to fall more in love with the business side of things. And we redeveloped and got the personal development business going again. We opened a marketing agency and built that up and started getting that running. And then we opened a business consultancy because people started asking us for help with business. And we were like, well, doesn't quite fit into marketing, kind of does. So we opened business consultancy. And then from there, we started investing in other businesses. And so one thing kind of led to the next so that we ended up saying, okay, we can't put our full attention to our dance studio anymore. So we closed that one down Mm -hmm. and we let these others start to flourish and grow because that's really where our love was, right? It was really where our passion was. 
that's kind of how we ended up here is it just sort of rolled. And once I leaned in a little bit to that entrepreneur spirit and just kind of said, okay, this is who I am. This is, yeah. this is what I do. And so then it just started taking off from there. Love it. I was about to say, when do you sleep? But then you said you sold the dance studio. So I was like, wow, you got a busy day here. But no, well, you, it was, again, it's important because that was a time for money position. I had started that job, but I had created myself a time for money. I was doing a direct trade. Yeah. I got a, a dollar for a minute. And unless I showed up for those minutes, then I was basically an employee of my own business. So yes, I owned it, but that wasn't actually serving the overall goal, which was, hey, I got to stop trading time for money. Yeah. No, important because a lot of a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs will do that. You know, they'll just trade one W-2 for another and they'll call themselves business owners, which they are. But, you know, it's like, hey, there's a reason we came into this. So, oh yeah, okay, tell us about Corey, your business choreography, Corey Sweet. This is what we want to hear about because this helped you in your businesses, but now you're helping other people as well. So lay it on us. Tell us what it's about. Well, business choreography, obviously the choreography is a throwback to the dance days. And what we realized was that so many businesses... And I'm sure a lot of you out there are guilty of this. So many businesses, you just patch things together. It's just like a, you know, this quilt. It's like I had this piece of material and I put it in and I had that and I needed this. So I went and found it. And next thing you know, you've patchworked your way to Frankenstein. Hmm. It's alive and it's kind of working, but it's kind of ugly. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest of ways, right? You could think Frankenstein, you know, is working and kind of talking, right? But what we realized was that choreography was needed in the business world from a holistic standpoint. Every one of our mentors kept telling us, hone in, hone in. You've got to niche down to the thing. And I believe there is lots of truth to that. However, for us, it was the other way. We could see the big picture and we looked at it like a choreographer would from dance. And we went, wow, it's not that you just need this one thing. It's that that one thing is jacked up in relationship to the other things that you've got going around it. So we have to re-choreograph that dance so that your business can run in a way that is best for you. If that means that you want a two-hour work week, cool. You got to choreograph it to do that. If you want it so that you work 60 hours a week, and you might say, Michael, why would I ever want to do that? If you're doing what you love, sometimes you're working more than that, and it's not work to you. It's just what you do, and that's it. And so the choreography that you need has to be appropriate to you, where you're at, what the business needs, what your vision of the business is. And we started to create this framework and these concepts to do choreography. And it's amazing how many of the principles that we learned from even our dancing days, as we transferred those into our business world, and we started looking at it and going, oh, hey, that's exactly how we would do it. That's how we would do it if we were choreographing dance. We should do the same thing here. And as we did, we started to find all those correlations. And that started to help us put these things together. Now, as that happened, we realized that we were really good at doing that. We started helping other companies. And then they were like, hey, want to be a part of what we're doing? We're like, no, we're not taking on a new job. But how about we invest in what you're doing? And then you can have us on board for maybe long term. And they're like, that's a deal. We don't want to pay you your day rate. So yeah, we'd rather have you invested in the company. And now everybody's vested in our progress. We love that. And so one after the other, next thing you know, then we had multiple. This year, we invested in software because we recognized that people's tech stacks were part of the challenge. Mm -hmm. 
that's part of the Frankenstein that we all build. Oh, I need that over here to post social media. I need that to host my website. I need this to build a funnel. I need that to talk to this and this to talk to that. Oh, I need uh, Zapier so that I can connect them all so that they'll talk. Okay, I need something to do automations, but I need a CRM. Holy Hannah. And so we walk into these companies and they're rat's nest of a tech stack. And we were like, no, this is no good. So we invested in this piece of software, brought it in-house, started using it with our businesses. We call it Choreo Suite now is what we've branded it now. And Choreo Suite is, it's ridiculous. It's great for people that are newer because it has everything you are going to need. So there's a lot of room for you to grow into it, but it's easy enough for you to use even if you're not techie. And we love that part of it. And then of course, our partners were like, you want us to do the work? to like transfer into that. We're like, okay, fine. So we put together the services to do it for them because they were like, yeah, we're not going to do the work. We'll just pay you to do it. So we're like, okay, fine. So we built a team so that that team cannot do the transfers or build outs or whatever, because everybody, I mean, who doesn't want to save 87% on their tech? right? Especially across the board in there. And it's all stuff that you need. You need to post on social media. Cool. You can do it from inside our software. You need the website. Cool. You can build it inside. It has everything you need. You want AI. We're even bringing AI into it now. And there's tons of it. You want automations so that you can buy more of your time back and have that four hour work week. Cool. That's what I like because once I set up a system, the last thing I want to do in my SOPs is have to keep running it over and over again. So I'm going to set up automations so that anything I can take out of a actual manual human's job, I'm going to do that to buy back some of my time and use my really good human resources to do other things that they're really good at. So it does a lot of really cool things and, and it's made such a big difference for our companies. We were just like everybody else. We were inundated in all these other pieces of software. And now, you know, like I said, we did it this year. We invested and now we're in the processes of unwinding our tangled web and getting everything into one location. Oh, but it's nice. It's great. Awesome. And totally everything you just said really aligns with where you were trying to go when you said, hey, I was trading a dollar for one hour for a dollar when you were with the school. So very intriguing. It sounds like it does everything and maybe a couple extra things that you might not even want. <laughs> This so sounds awesome. Tell, give us where we should go. I think you got two services that you talked about. So give both of them. Oh, we'll sure, be sure to yeah. leave in the show notes. Well, if you're looking for choreography, just head over to bizchoreo.com. That's B-I-Z-C-H-O-R-E-O.com. We shortened it because business choreography is really long. So <laughs> biz choreo is a lot easier to remember. And that's how a dancer would say it. They'd say, hey, we need to get the choreo done for this dance. But they wouldn't say choreography, mm -hmm. right? So it's a nice throwback to our roots. If you're interested in the software, you can go look at it briefly. Again, we just barely opened it up maybe a month or two ago to the public because we, we were selfish. We wanted to have it for our businesses. You can go to choreosuite.com and check it out. Now, if you want a special deal on it, then you probably should reach out and contact me. There'll be places and ways you can do that. You can reach out to us anywhere. And we're offering some founder specials. But if you don't want a special deal, it's worth every penny that you get it for on the website. But if you want a special deal, reach out to us and we'll see what we can do to make it really great for you during these opening days of us getting it up on its feet and rolling and out to the public. Nice. Definitely would recommend the Founders special. I mean, if you can grab that. Okay. 
This has been great, Michael. Uh, before we wrap up, I just I did want to talk about your podcast because you also have a podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, I had the pleasure of being a guest here recently. So talk a little bit about your show. Give us the name of the show and then what's the theme? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for asking. I sometimes forget. Well, first of all, all of you guys listening, go listen to the episode with Brian. You guys don't usually get to hear him be the one interviewed. So you're going to love it. Go listen to that episode because you get to hear him talking and being interviewed and being under the hot seat instead of me. So that would be cool for you. But you can go over to Business Choreography on any of the podcast channels. And the basic theme is for small, medium-sized businesses. We're basically trying to show the journey of entrepreneurs. Just like all of you guys out there listening, it's a journey. It is never a straight line. It's a winding road. Sometimes you have massive successes. Sometimes you have massive failures. And you know what? It is great to hear those that are finding success. It is really great to be able to go and commiserate with them and go, oh, I had no idea. I just thought everything was perfect for you, but it's not. And so you get to hear their journeys. You get to hear some of their background stories. You get to hear about what their expertise is. And like Brian, so many of them come and they deliver and offer you guys some really incredible value on your journey. So go check it out. I think you're going to love it. You're going to love Brian's episode. He was an amazing guest and you get to hear him be grilled on the other side of the street. <laughs> exactly. It was a good hot seat for sure. But I love the journeys, right? Because yeah. that's, and you said it so perfectly, Michael, that, hey, what you end up discovering is that these entrepreneurs, these business owners, they're not better than you. They're not any different than you. Like they have the same struggles. They have the same challenges, the same fears. They just handle it differently. That's it. Everybody. For the most part. But so cool. We'll definitely check the show out. Just a couple more questions for you, like to before we wrap up here. What's your thought on coaches and mentors? Have you had them? Do you believe in them? Talk about that a little. Coming from the dance background, the concept of becoming a championship level dancer. And I don't know if everybody's seen this. Dancing with the Stars is not a great representation of it. It's an okay representation, but dancing in the pro ranks at a championship level is probably one of the most grueling and exhausting things you can do, not only physically, but mentally. And the longevity that you have to have to be able to make it to the top is incredible. And there is no way we could do it with not only one coach, but a team of coaches. It was imperative that we built a great team around us to help us in so many different areas, whether it be our physicality, our choreography, our routines that we are doing and cleaning them, our mentality to get there, even just our connections and somebody to connect us to the people that were out in the circuit and that we needed to know to be able to help ourselves move through the ranks. Having a coach, having a mentor, and they're different, and you should have both, is so imperative. I can't emphasize enough that as soon as you can do it, if you have to barter for it, if you have to trade for it, if you have to get one of your old buddies from high school, that's now doing something better and he'll come and just talk to you because he likes you, whatever it is, you need a coach and you need a mentor. A coach will be there with you and they'll help hold you accountable along the way. They're in the weeds and they're on the journey with you. A mentor is somebody that can look in from the outside and stay out of your box completely and look at you, what you're doing and go, what are you doing? Stop that and go this direction and it'll work. And then you go and you do it. And maybe you even have your coach help you do it. So mentors are slightly different because they're doing their best to stay out of your box because the last thing they want to do is go get back in your box and be there with you. 
They want to remain where they're at. So it's so valuable. The sooner you can do it, if you can pay for it, pay for it. If you can't pay for it, go join the you know local commerce, join a club, a business club in your area that's free. Create one for goodness sakes. Like if you're, you know, one of my longtime mentors from ages ago, Tony Robbins, right? He always says, it's not about the resources that you have, but how resourceful you are. So if you're needing that help and you got nothing, you got no money, be resourceful, create a group, message their local people on Facebook and create something and say, hey, let's all get together and meet and let's help each other because there's some value in a mastermind like that. And that's a great way to start. Anyway, no matter what, I'm a huge fan and proponent of not only having a coach and or a mentor, but a team of people that surround you because all boats will rise in the tide and you just got to get in the boat and be there. Yeah. That's a great way to end it. I mean, I love that you gave the distinction between the two. I was going to ask you that. So thank you for reading my mind, Michael, on coaches and mentors. So perfect. And I love your final thought there on being the boat. Yeah. Great. Michael, tremendous interview. I appreciate your time and adding value and sharing your story and your vulnerability is much appreciated. And everyone out there, make it an awesome day. Absolutely. Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Grateful for you giving us the time. I hope that served you. And if it did, I'd love to hear your feedback. You can do that in a number of different ways. If you want to rate and review the show, great. If you don't, that's cool too. If you want to reach out to me, I always leave my email in the show notes. It's brian at w2prisonbreak.com. That's brian with an I. I just love to hear from you. I want to know how we're doing. I also would want to know, and you can send me an email, if there's a particular guest that you'd like to have on the show, if there's a particular topic that you would like me to cover on the show, I can either do a solo cast or I can bring on a guest to cover that specific topic. Again, the name of this show is W2 Prison Break, and I want everyone who's listening to this show and tuning in every single week and you want to leave your job you want to start your own business or maybe you want to turn your side hustle into your main source of income so you can leave your w-2 i'm here to help you i want to help you i've been there i've done it i've worked with several people who have done it so reach out to me let me know how we can best serve you and i will do everything that i can to make sure that happens make it an excellent excellent day